This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast contains adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. It may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I lied under oath in the case of Gary Brown and Harold Nelson versus the city of Detroit. I did so with the intent to mislead the court and the jury and to impede and obstruct the fair administration of justice. I lied under oath at a civil deposition. I also lied under oath in the civil jury trial in the Nelson Brown lawsuit in the Wayne County Circuit Court. When the media pairs the same words together over and over as a short way to capture a long and complicated story, it gets impossible after a while to separate them. Think about thoughts and prayers. One word just flows into the next like they belong together. It's the same for the Boston Tea Party, the Grassy Knoll, the Bloodied Love. Here's another one. The alleged but never proven Manugian Mansion Party. It's the wild Manugian Mansion Party that was never proven. The never proven party at the Manugian Mansion. At the never proven Manugian Mansion Party. The talked about but never proven party at the Manugian Mansion. The rumored party at the Manugian Mansion. You may not have heard of that one yet. But reporters in Detroit will tell you they typed those words all in one long string more times than they could count. Well, it's a boilerplate. Your fingers go to it after a while. It's one of those things, you know, you have much proven. But you learn that that's hyphenated. It becomes, <laughs> it becomes kind of second nature. That's George Hunter from the Detroit News. Hunter's one of the best. Old school. The kind of reporter who spends more time with cops than some people on the force. You can easily picture him in a trench coat and one of those old-fashioned hats with a little white press card in it. But you got to cover your butt because you're dealing in facts, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know there was a party. There's rumor of a party. My sister told me there was a party. Uh, that's nice. She heard it secondhand. But we sure all were looking, that's for sure. A lot of people were chasing this story. Like many of his fellow reporters in Detroit, Hunter tried to prove the never-proven party at the Minutian Mansion. In case you're wondering, the Minutian Mansion is like the White House, but for whoever runs the city of Detroit. In 2002, 
the mayor was Kwame Kilpatrick. And one night, he allegedly hosted a party there that featured an exotic dancer named Strawberry. Proving the party happened there in the mansion in the way some people said it happened was important because it would reveal the depths of a corrupt city leadership. Reporters also knew that proving it, if you believed the stories about the lengths that went into covering it up, it might solve a murder. I'm Christy Strasser, an award-winning Detroit journalist and managing editor of News for Odyssey. I covered the trial of Kwame Kilpatrick. Amid the daily dispatches, the quick-hit web stories, all the tweets, I kept going back to the same thought. What about Strawberry? What happened in that case? If you believed the Manoogian Mansion party happened, and that it ended the way the rumor said it did, with blood and tears and threats, then you could believe it led to something unthinkable. The murder of an exotic dancer tied to one of the most important political leaders of his time. Mayor Kilpatrick was in the midst of his second term in 2008, when he was essentially forced to resign after it was revealed he lied under oath about having an affair with his chief of staff. But that wasn't where his slide stopped. That's where it started. I want to emphasize tonight that I take full responsibility for my own actions. I wish with all my heart that we could turn back the hands of time, but I can't. In 2013, Kwame Kilpatrick, a charismatic, once-rising political star who had promised to restore the long-neglected city of Detroit, was indicted for racketeering, obstruction of justice, and more. The trial laid bare wide-scale abuse of power. It seemed like nothing was off-limits. If you could imagine it as a possibility, a sleazy way to manipulate or lie, cheat or steal, to get what Kwame Kilpatrick wanted, it probably happened. But where did the corruption end? We lost transparency. We lost accountability during his six years as Detroit mayor. The judge certainly sent a powerful message to the people of Detroit that this kind of betrayal of the public trust will not be tolerated. A very, very powerful sentence, equal to the highest sentence ever handed out in a public corruption case. The dancer in question was named Tamara Green. She was known as Strawberry in the clubs. As the never-proven story goes, Strawberry was hired to dance for Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick and his pals at the Manoogian Mansion. In the most widely reported version of the story, the crowd included police. And that would make sense to the people chasing down the rumors, because the mayor was always surrounded by his executive protection unit. Picture cop eyes on somber men in dark suits, earpieces in their ears, and guns on their belts. The mayor's own secret service. 
at this never-proven party at the mayor's mansion. Rumors will tell you Kwame's wife Carlita walked in. The story goes that she went absolutely crazy at the sight of a stripper on her husband's lap. And no matter who tells the story or which version of it you hear, the story always ends the same way. The mayor's wife picks up a fireplace poker or a table leg, maybe a golf club or a baseball bat, something heavy, and swings. The executive protection unit pulled her away, according to the story, and someone rushed Strawberry to the hospital. There, she may have, depending on who's telling the story, screamed that they couldn't treat her like that. She said she would get justice. Six months later, Tamara Green, a.k.a. Strawberry the Dancer, was dead. Shot in the head on the street with the kind of gun commonly carried by Detroit cops. To believe the version of the story that connects her death to the never-proven party, you have to believe those at the party didn't want what had happened there to get out. And that Tamara Green's death was a silencer. I heard about it when it supposedly first happened, and my sister was a Detroit cop. I always say my background is perfect for covering crime. I have three siblings who were police officers, and three of my dads were in prison. Anyway, I had three siblings on the police force at the time, and one of them came back and said that someone they had gone to the academy with who was there at this party was kind of laughing about it, not to make light of this, but it was portrayed as, ha, 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 there was this big party and involved with strippers, and the mayor's wife came back and beat the crap out of some stripper. Note that in the way of cops who deal with the dark underbelly of life, they were laughing at the irony that the mayor who trotted out his beautiful wife and kids for photo ops and talked lovingly every chance he got about his family life had a different side that only they knew about. It was going around the police department back then, and then, you know, my sister told me about it. So I was hearing it then, and of course, you jump on something like that. I mean, you start to investigate it, you look into it. I wasn't the only one. People started hearing this. Um, you know, it started getting out. It wasn't long after I heard it that you started hearing it amongst reporters. And I believe there was a lawsuit when it finally made the newspapers and made the newscasts and stuff. But it had been talked about in the media for quite some time leading up to that. You know, everybody was like, oh, boy, now we can finally get something on the record on this rumor we've all been chasing for a long, long time. There have been so many lawsuits and so many allegations of officials that covered this thing up. You go down one rabbit hole and you're chasing a rabbit, you might find snakes. You turn here, you find a roach. You find a couple of rats over here, you never get the rabbit. The strawberry case is a rabbit hole where, you know, you get dirty going down that rabbit hole, but no one has ever been able to figure this out. And I don't know if they ever will. End of the day, it's a woman who got killed. You know, the party and all the lurid details about that. At the end of the day, she was a mother and she was gunned down and nobody knows who did it. The other version of the story goes like this. Tamara Green was a single mother and exotic dancer who died in a drive-by shooting because she was sitting in the car with her drug dealer boyfriend. And he was in a beef over money with a fellow dealer. Another senseless death on violent streets. 
The thread between those two stories are police detectives who went public after they were fired or displaced while asking questions about the never-proven Manudian Mansion party as part of their investigation into Tamara Green's murder. There's also a police dispatcher, a security guard, numerous street cops, and a few others who talked to reporters, swore in affidavits, and gave depositions involving the never-proven party. And yet no one with credibility has ever come forward to say that they personally witnessed an attack on a dancer at the mayor's mansion. Still, the story persists. It's like catching steam. You go here, you go there, and in the process, you see a lot of officials that look like they're trying to cover things up, or certainly they've been accused of such in lawsuits. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to it, and it's an icky case. George Hunter, and know that he's in my phone contacts as Crime Hunter, has spent the better part of his 27-year career going down the rabbit hole of this story, and he's dogged. So he ran at the same wall so many times, trying to find any tiny cracks that would let in a little sliver of light. He found rabbits, snakes, dead ends, dark corners, everywhere. You'll notice a theme, and it's throughout the story. It's the phrase, I heard. Sometimes it's, I was told, or this guy was there, and this is what he said. But I've talked to people about this story for years. I'm sure almost all of us in Detroit media have been part of some discussion or another where it came up. And I have never, ever heard from anyone. I saw, I witnessed, I pulled up and you won't believe what happened next. It was never established that the thing that everybody's writing about and the thing that everybody's investigating, we don't even know whether it happened. You're kind of building a house on quicksand. You know, I've written about some crazy murders that took a left turn and the most insane things, the S&M stuff, or the most horrific things you can think of, killing their kids, etc. So yeah, there's crazy stories, but you're writing about events that happened, and now you're writing about the byproduct of that, what happens after that, whereas you don't even know if what you're writing about is true. And that, again, you had to go back to the shop-worn phrase, the much-rumored but never proven. You know, uh, the lawsuits were the only reason we were even able to get that much in the paper. At least somebody's now making on the record, an accusation, so you can now report that. What Hunter says next is every single reporter who's covered this case. I don't know if I've ever worked on a story so hard and come up with nothing. The question of what happened at the never-proven party at the Minugian, who killed Strawberry, and whether those two things have any connection has dodged Kwame Kilpatrick, police, and City Hall for nearly 20 years. It's a story that began as a whisper not long after Kwame Kilpatrick swept into office. He's striking, a big guy, six feet five inches tall, and he's a man who seemed built out of solid charisma. His swagger was legendary, so much so that Chris Rock said Kwame was the inspiration for his role in head of state. Chris Rock called Kwame Kilpatrick America's first hip-hop mayor. A lot of people did. Kwame embraced the title at a hip-hop summit in 2003 in Detroit, where he shared the stage with Eminem. I'm so thankful that I'm long enough to see a 32-year-old brother become the mayor 
of the 10th largest city in America. Tia Graham remembers that time. She's a lifelong Detroiter, and she just turned 30 years old, so she was in grade school when Kwame Kilpatrick first came to power. I remember Kwame definitely was someone who was huge in the city when we were growing up. He was on TV a lot, and he was definitely someone that the city residents rallied behind. They saw a young Black man who was from the city of Detroit willing to put in hard work for the city of Detroit and to see what was happening then and how happy people were to see some of the things that were happening. It was like a happy time. Years later, Tia helped to cover his corruption trial. Kwame's meteoric rise and crushing fall, all the scandals that surrounded him, were the talk of the town the entire time she was growing up. The older generations truly felt as if they had a voice in government. They felt like they were going to see a younger Detroiter coming in trying to build something better for the city because I don't think the city had a good rap. She absorbed the phrase alleged but never proven Manudian mansion party at a time when girls her age were learning how to make friendship bracelets, play hopscotch. Like 2001, I was really young, fifth grade. But then as we started to go onwards in time, it was the text messages with Christine mm-hmm. Beatty. I think one of the first nights it was the Manugian Mansion. Unfortunately, the erotic dancer died. And it was so many different things happening. And his name was really popping up then. And it felt as if that was the catalyst to dig deeper into him. They saw a lot of unsavory things. I mean, you're a young kid. You're 9, 10, 11 years old. Even then, yeah. you heard about the Manudian Mansion Party. You heard about yeah. the, the stripper and the controversy. And... Yeah. It was just like one of the biggest talks of the town was the Manugian Mansion. I remember Channel 4 had so many different little pieces on it, constantly talking about what was happening. And just watching my parents go through the news and just see those images of Manuvian Mansion and just seeing like the B-roll of Kwame walking around the city and them talking about it. It was definitely something that especially rocked my parents' generation. This is like, what is this young guy doing? What is he doing? Detroit historian Ken Coleman describes Kwame Kilpatrick's fall like a nightmare, one that no one could wake up from. Kilpatrick had swept in as a bright light who promised to lead the fallen city of Detroit back to greatness. By the end, he was in jail, and Detroit was filing the largest municipal bankruptcy case in history. It was a very, very difficult time. You know, in some cases, this stuff was 20 years ago, and all of it just happened. I mean, I remember the day, I remember the day Kwame got arrested and spent the first night in jail. I was like, wait, 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 are you trying to tell me that the mayor of Detroit is, is in jail? <laughs> I mean, it was, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was just the craziest. He's sleeping in jail. It was amazing. It, you couldn't write that script. Uh, it was just wild. In this podcast, we'll explore how a man once considered a lock to become a powerful national political force got connected to the death of an exotic dancer in the minds of people in his hometown. It's a story about the corrosive lure of power. How cover-ups backfire, 
how lies can spread like water on hot concrete in directions the liar in the middle of it ultimately cannot control. At the center of the story is Strawberry. A single mother, raised by a single mother, dearly loved by a grandmother. Her life played out in the height of the hip-hop era, with people who rubbed shoulders with the likes of Barack Obama, Jay-Z, the Clintons. She was a woman with soft eyes and a big heart. Her life mattered, and so should her death. We'll reveal how systemic failures in one of America's largest cities could have kept one of its most well-known murder cases cold for nearly two decades. Along the way, we'll explore the different theories about Tamara Green's murder. Some include the party, other theories do not. No one has ever been arrested in her death, but we'll talk to the man police name as a leading suspect. If you'd like some privacy, you want to go on yeah, that exactly. Yep. The door should be open and the light is on the right-hand side. Okay. Hello. Derrett, how are you? Fine, and you? Former Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick has many times denied any allegations about the party. I don't pour around on my wife, and I don't have wicked nude parties at my house. His dad, Bernard Kilpatrick, also a political power player, he went even further. It's a travesty. There was no party. So these greedy so-and-sos are trying to get some money because they've seen it happen. So why are there still so many questions? Rumors, disbelievers. I'll tell you. Because lies are currency in this story. And some people are spending big. Few know that better than M.L. Elric, who won a Pulitzer for the Detroit Free Press covering Kwame Kilpatrick. It just seems to me like because he lied about so many things, it makes people think things that seem so wild could be true. Because God knows they lied about everything else, you know? Yeah, there's a story that most kids know about a boy and a wolf and a village that it doesn't come to save him when the wolf actually shows up. Well, you know what that is? That's the curse of being a liar. In our next episode, we'll trace the surprising ties that bind Kwame the mayor and Tammy the dancer. I wonder if the strawberry moment was like when you start to pull on the thread of the sweater and you pull one time too many and the sweater falls apart. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like That might have been that moment. I think it was. Who Killed Strawberry is a production of WWJ News Radio in Detroit. The podcast is produced by Zat Clark and me, Christy Strasser. Please give us a rating and be sure to subscribe. Anyone with information on the murder of Tamara Green should call Crime Stoppers at 1 800 Speak Up. All tips are anonymous. All views, statements, and opinions made by people in this podcast are theirs alone. All individuals should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 